Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Saturday on KLBJ with hosts Ed and Ben Clements. They're taking calls at 512-836-0590 or toll-free at 877-590-KLBJ. Hi again, everyone. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements, and welcome to the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio, our show proudly brought to you by Covert and Bastrop, Howry Breen and Herman, Attorneys at Law, S&B Amusements, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, and by Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Happy 4th of July weekend to you, Ben. A lot of things going on in the world of sports. Uh, we are a few months away from college football and pro football. Basketball making news the last few weeks with the NBA draft. Uh, always news on the NFL, and we're going to talk about the NFL and college football. I think the biggest news of the week this week was the perfect game yep, yep. that nobody saw. Yeah, yep. Yan- Yankee starting pitcher Domingo German became the 24th pitcher in Major League Baseball history to record a perfect game on Wednesday night after he shut down the lowly Oakland A's 11 to nothing. Yeah, um, I laughed when he said a lot going on in sports pop because – Let's just call a spade a spade here. We're at that dead part of the season. Unless you are a diehard baseball fan, this is a tough time of the year. Fourth of July, everybody celebrates. He celebrates America and all of its values. But sports-wise, it's kind of empty. And so we have to start making up stories, and people are attached to um, the NFL, looking forward two months ahead to the NFL and college football and uh, free agency, the NBA uh, getting going here pretty soon, the draft. You know, it's just little things like that we, we want to grasp onto and we want to blow up into a story. But like you said, the big story this week was Wednesday night, the perfect game, 24th in Major League history. I should remind you, we'll say it's 25 with an asterisk. Huh. Remember, remember back uh, the Detroit Tigers? Oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah, um, that dude. I, I, don't, yeah. I, I can't remember his name. It escapes me, but he was robbed of a, of a perfect game. So we'll say... Twenty-five with an asterisk. And he, but was, he was he was because it was a blown call on first blown base. Call, blown call on the twenty-seventh out. Yeah, remember that they, he they got the ground ball. They pitched it to the to the pitcher. Yeah, flipped over the pitcher and he he touched first base, but they said he was safe. I mean that was atrocious. But uh, yeah, we had a perfect game this week, twenty-fourth in major league history, which is kind of nuts when it you think nuts. about it. Baseball's been going on for well over a hundred years. I, I've obviously never seen a perfect game in real life. Have you ever seen one in real life? I have never seen in real life, you know, and this one. It's even a big deal when you see it on TV. Yeah, I didn't know about it till the next morning, quite mm-hmm. frankly, because this was a late West Coast game. Yeah. And I don't know, only the Die Hard, and for some reason, uh, my ESPN app didn't go off to say, hey, wake up. Well, usually, yeah, there's like a, ESPN yeah. will give you a, hey, a perfect game alert. I got one. My buddy, I fell asleep, and my buddy Brian Bell, he texted in our group text saying, Perfect game alert! Somebody turned on to some obscure station it was on. So it's it's rare to really even see one. It was I, I, I can't think of I've ever seen one on TV. I guess mm-hmm. I don't think I have. But no, the, it, I've, after the fact, because the most famous one in my lifetime, I was one years old. Don Larson, the yeah. perfect game for the Yankees. But uh, I know uh, the Yankees have had a bunch of these. Well, perfect this is games. this is the Yankees' fourth in their history. And you know what the trend is when the Yankees have a perfect game in the season? The first three of them, they go on to win the World Series. Wow. The Yankees have been struggling at times this year, but, you know, where the trend goes, they're going to go win the World Series now. It is interesting. We don't have to get into the details of it. Um, let me let me get a couple of details. Okay. 27 up, 27 down. Yeah. And I saw the 11 re- strikeouts. 11 strikeouts. And I saw the replay of the last out. 
how much pressure on that third baseman. Yeah. Because they know. They're not talking about it. They're not talking to uh, old uh, Domingo in the in the, in the in the the bench. They're not talking to him because that's he can't do that. Mm-hmm. But the pressure on the fielders to in, to not make that bad throw, to not well, do I think it's stupid. Probably scarier when there's a fly ball to the to the outfield. It's already hard enough catching a fly ball in the outfield from a major leaguer when it goes sky high. I know the throw though that's terrifying. But these guys are pros. This yeah. is this is they're getting paid millions to do that. It was interesting if you saw the replay. There wasn't a lot of people at no, the, at the game in Oakland. Nobody goes to those games in Oakland. But even the A's fans, there's videos of it. Even the A's fans, you know, had their hands up. They were cheering loudly as if they just got the perfect game. So it's interesting. But as soon as it happened, obviously it blows up on the social media. Everybody's getting the news and seeing the videos. It also opened up some wounds because we won't get into the details, but this guy, uh, Domingo Germain, or German. He's not a choir boy. Doesn't have the best reputation. A lot of Yankees fans were, were pretty critical of it, saying it could have happened to a worse guy. He's been accused of some stuff. He's, he's gotten in trouble for, for cheating in the MLB. He's uh, sticky hands. Um, there's some allegations of, of domestic abuse. Yeah. You want to celebrate the guy because sure. he'll go down in history. Most of those guys end up going to the MLB Hall of Fame, but this is one of those situations where he's a it's little very, questionable. A little yeah. questionable, but that's interesting. Um, you know, anytime there's a perfect game of the season, it's remembered. Twenty-four of them. I mean, it doesn't happen every season. I think at one point they win about twenty-five years without a perfect game. Yeah. With this being said, though, the MLB is still trending downwards in in the scope of of sports, of entertainment, of eyes on TVs in the United States. Obviously, football and basketball dominate uh, American sports, football above and beyond. With these rule changes they've made in the MLB, with the uh, no more shifts, with the pitch clock, I think the the powers that be in MLB thought this was going to be something that rejuvenates the sport, but still, it is trending downward. They can't get people to attend games the, the the TV viewership is down. It's still a, a, a tough situation for them. And look at this situation where this uh, no-hitter took place earlier this week. Oakland, and Oakland's going to lose their baseball team. Yeah. Oakland is moving to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas is going to build a colossal stadium. I think they're going to tear down the old Tropicana or something. But it was, it was kind of sad when I thought about it this week because Oakland was a, a franchise, Ben, when I was a – in college and younger, it was a dominating, mm-hmm. dominating uh, franchise winner of multiple uh, a World Series, the, some of the greatest teams ever, the Raleigh Fingers years, the Eckersley years, uh, Sal Bando and those guys. Oakland was a great franchise that has just sort of petered away because mm-hmm. they don't have the fan support. Uh, Oakland is not going to build them a new stadium, which is sadly is the trend. If you don't build me a stadium, I'm going to leave. So it was sort of bittersweet that this happened. This may be the last hurrah for the Oakland A's being the victim of a no-hitter on Wednesday night. Yeah, they've notoriously been a uh, financially poor team. Yeah. Uh, Not many notable things have happened to the A's in in quite a long time. They made a movie about them. Exactly. They made the movie with Billy Bean, Moneyball, which is a great movie about them getting the uh, the record for most wins in a a row. Uh, Dallas Braden had a perfect game for the A's. Must have been about 15 years ago. I remember that. that I think yeah. that was in 2008, maybe, 2007 or eight. But, yeah, the Oakland A's are one of those teams that it's just there's nothing 
really they can do. And Oakland itself, they've lost every single franchise. Obviously, the Raiders going over to Vegas. Now yeah. Vegas has taken their baseball program. What about the basketball team, the Golden State Warriors used to be yeah. Oakland. Now they're in San yeah. Francisco. I just still wonder, and it's it's a – I mean, we could talk about it for an hour, what the MLB has to do to improve uh, their eyes. I, I was looking back. Um, I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw highlights. I, I don't know why on my – on my algorithm, I started getting MLB highlights of all the old uh, all-star games from the 90s and early 2000s, especially in the 90s in the steroid era. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like it or not, yeah, these guys were cheating, but that might be the last great era of baseball. The Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa's, right. Jeff Bagwell's, Bonds. Barry Bonds, yeah. when these guys were hitting big home runs, and it was nightly news. It was headlines every single night. These home run races, these guys hitting 550-foot home runs. Yeah. Granted, they were more juiced up than than a toddler on orange juice. Yeah. But I wonder I know, without, how, to, without, without how, to people, it, how to get it back. That's yeah, the thing. Without people cheating. I don't watch uh, – I, I won't watch an entire baseball game. No. I, I just don't do it. Yeah. I don't watch entire baseball games anymore. I will watch a few innings, but I still get bored. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not passionate about the Astros. The Rangers are coming back, which mm-hmm. is great mm-hmm. for Texas baseball scene. But I'm not passionate about baseball until the playoffs yep. and until the World Series. That's When the playoffs comes, I'll watch complete baseball games. It's really not even until the pennants, the pennant games that I'm, I'm really interested in. And I think the majority of, of casual fans would say the same thing. It's only the diehard fans that really know what's going on. It, when you turn to ESPN – they would rather talk about the upcoming football season or the NBA free agency than discuss what's going on in the MLB. And I think that's the problem with pro baseball right now. I would rather watch a college baseball game. I was interested in the College World Series. Obviously, that ended um, this past weekend uh, with LSU defeating uh, Florida in a really strangely dramatic fashion. Really strange series. Um, But that's just the problem with MLB also. And this might sound strange, but... You don't know these guys anymore. For the most part, you know, it's that's also goes with most pro sports. Teams are not are not staying the same for multiple years in a row. It's always changing, ever evolving. A lot of these guys are foreigners. We don't know who they are. They're coming from, you know, a sixteen Japan. year old from Japan or, or South America. Yeah. It's rare you'll see a guy that you that you watched in college going on to go be a stud and them all be. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a different thing. This is uh, the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. Coming up a little later, we're going to visit with our friend JJ Gotch to talk about bull riding and uh, what's going on with the Austin Gamblers. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. Your show proudly brought to you by Pokey Joe's Barbecue, Sue Patrick, S and B Amusements, Howie Breen and Herman Attorneys at Law, and by Coward and Bastrop. We'll have more on the End Zone Club right after this timeout. Hi again, everyone. Welcome back to the End Zone Club on this Saturday afternoon. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. Our show proudly brought to you by Coward and Bastrop. Rocks and the guys are closed today, but they'll be open tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Howry, Breen, and Herman, attorneys at law. If you need legal help, the best in town, Howry, Breen, and Herman. Their office located in the shadow of the University of Texas. S&B Amusements, a, a great place for jukeboxes, for games, repairs, uh, Austin's number one source for game sales and repairs since 1989. Pinball, jute boxes, arcade videos. Call S&B Amusements at 
833-6560. Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road. They've got the new Longhorn T-shirts in, the scheduled T-shirts and Longhorn glasses. And, of course, by Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Hey, how about Great Texas Barbecue for the 4th of July weekend? Make it Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Ben, we are a, a few months away, a couple of months away from the start of Longhorn football, the first game. Uh, Labor Day weekend, Longhorns host the Rice Owls. And, again, it's July, but I, I talk to people all over town, so do you. Mm-hmm. People are getting juiced up about this Longhorn football team in the final year of the Big 12. Yeah, it's it's never too early to talk some odds on, on Texas football. Um, I think most notably for me, Texas over under nine and a half wins this season, which that's a hefty, hefty amount. Granted, what's happened the past few years in Texas, Quinn Ewers is uh, a top seven Heisman um, hopeful at plus, um, what is he? I think he's also plus 2,500. Yeah, he's, he's, he's being mentioned. Yeah, he's being mentioned. Um, he's, excuse me, he's plus 1,100. Um, and then Texas plus 2,500 to win the national championship. They're, predi- not- they're predicted to get first in the Big 12 in their last season in the Big 12. A lot of high hopes for Steve Sarkeesian in his third year. Third year. Third year at third Texas. Year at Texas. It, it feels like a lot longer than had that. A, had a losing year, then they won eight games last year. And mm-hmm. last time we saw them, we were in the Alamo Bowl seeing the Longhorns lose to a very good Washington team. Of course, the Longhorns uh, didn't have Bijan or Roshan in that game mm-hmm. and uh, overshone in that game. So it was not a true test, I don't think, for the Longhorns. Let's start with over-under, nine-and-a-half wins. Yeah. Bob. Before we get into it, over or under? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say under nine and a half mm-hmm. because I, I like Steve Sarkeesian, but he's got to prove it to me, Ben, because the thing about uh, the Texas football team during the Steve Sarkeesian era to me is they they a lot of times can't finish the deal. They mm-hmm. can't complete the deal. <clears throat> I give you the Oklahoma State game. I give you the Tech game. I give you the TCU game. I give you the Washington game. I know they're under under man there, but he's got to prove it to me that he can win uh, at at this level. I do think they've got a really good shot of being in the Big Twelve championship game, uh, but he's got to win those games that he in the first two years of his regime, have been losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the games you should win. Uh, your thoughts? So I'm taking under nine and a half wins. I think you're wrong. I think Texas will hit the over. I think, I, I'm looking at the schedule right now. There's a lot of wins on this schedule. There's a lot of wins to be had, well, let's, and let's, it's not determined by Steve Sarkeesian, in my opinion. It's all about Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers has to prove to everybody that he can win, and he will. He has a year under his belt at Texas at DKR under the big lights with all the pressure and all the expectations, Quinn Ewers will be the focal point of the season. He's experienced now. He's a big gunslinger. He knows what to expect week in, week out. I think he's the biggest game of the season, obviously, will be Alabama. Usually it's Oklahoma, but they made, made mincemeat of Oklahoma last season, and I don't see Oklahoma improving that much over the course of 12 months. Let's just go down the schedule. Longhorns open the season September 2nd at home and gets a Rice House. That's a win because mm-hmm. Rice is going to be under undermanned. Uh, they're going to put up a game fight, but uh, there's no way Rice can beat Texas. Mm-hmm. Week number two, Texas goes to Alabama. I think the Longhorns have a chance. I don't think they're going to win this game because it's so hard to win at Alabama. 
Alabama will have one week to try to fix their quarterback situation. I think Alabama wins that game. I don't think so, Pop. Texas is a seven-point underdog going to Tuscaloosa. But let's look back. And I I know it was in Austin, so Texas had a little bit of of help there. But their quarterback situation at Alabama is not all peaches and roses right now. Texas has a little more experience at the quarterback position. They have great receivers. They have young running backs who I think will be feisty, and Alabama doesn't know what to expect. The O-line has improved. I think Texas, and especially Quinn Ewers, will be going to Tuscaloosa with a chip on their shoulder after last year's devastating loss that it could have, should have, would have been a win if Quinn Ewers stayed in that game, if he had remained healthy. I think Texas escapes Alabama with a win, a very close one, and that will set the stage for the rest of the season. If Texas can beat Alabama, like we said last year, everything will seem like a breeze. Granted, Texas lost in that heartbreaking fashion, and I don't think they ever recovered. Texas will go to Alabama and win that game, start 2-0, and then the floodgates will open. Okay, they have Wyoming September 16th. Wyoming won't have much. I think that's a win. Uh, interesting game on September 23rd, mm-hmm. Texas at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Texas should win that game, but it's going to be difficult. Always tough to play in Waco. Yeah. You never know which Baylor team is going to come out. Is it going to be the hard, hard-nosed run between the tackles, Baylor, or is it going to be a, a forgetful Baylor team? End of September, the Longhorns host the Kansas Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. That should be a win for the Texas Longhorns. Mm-hmm. The next week, Texas at Oklahoma. Uh, that's a that's a toss up for me because Brent Venables is in trouble at Oklahoma. Even after one year, mm-hmm. I think that's a toss up game for the Longhorns. Well, yeah, I mean, I, what you're saying is that you, it's like you know a a wild animal with their you know back against the wall. Oklahoma has to prove it. They're going to have to prove it in the first five weeks what kind of team they are. Texas manhandled them last year, 49-0. Oklahoma didn't put up a fight. I don't see that changing. Quinn Ewers, again, it all revolves around Quinn Ewers. I think he'll go back to Dallas, and he will make a statement against Oklahoma. He, We could see something happen that we haven't seen since Peter Gardere, a quarterback at Texas going undefeated against Oklahoma in their tenure. I don't see that changing this year. Texas will go to Dallas and... It might not be that big of a margin this year, but Texas will go to Dallas and, and handle things against Oklahoma. Uh, Longhorns then travel to Houston to meet the Houston Cougars. Houston is going to be under man. I like the Longhorns win that game. I'm sure mm-hmm. you do, too. As we, We're running out of time in this segment, but the games that concern me, uh, Texas hosts BYU on October 28th, mm-hmm. and then the next week they host Kansas State. I think they're going to lose one of those two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, BYU game, we don't know what to expect from BYU. Kansas State without uh, Martinez, I think Kansas State, well, that, that'll, be a, uh, that'll be a win. Iowa State concerns me. Iowa State concerns me every year, especially going to Ames, Iowa. The last time, Texas is going to have the target on their back week in and week out, but the road games will be tricky. Ames, Iowa, I think we'll see a, we could see a loss at TCU also. TCU lost a lot. I don't know what Sonny Dykes will have in his back pocket for that game, but this is a a defending national championship contender. So that will be tricky. Those two games at TCU, at Iowa State, those the two games will be toss-ups to me. Bottom line, though, you, you look at over nine and a half wins. I'm looking at ten wins for the Longhorns this year. Okay, I'm looking at nine wins for the Longhorns. we got to take a break after this break. More on the End Zone Club. Ed and Ben here on News Radio 590 KLBJ. Welcome back to the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. Ed Clements and Ben Clements, our show, 
Brought to you by Pokey Joe's Barbecue, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, S&B Amusements, Howie Breen and Herman Attorneys at Law, and by Colbert and Bastrop. Very special guest this segment, our friend J.J. Gotch, longtime friend, formerly with the Round Rock Express, the Corpus Christi Hooks, now with the Austin Gamblers. And let me tell you what, J.J., first of all, welcome back to KLBJ Radio. Uh, I am so excited about the bull riding coming up. Uh, I am hooked on the Netflix series about the Austin Gamblers. Uh, Just tell everybody what's about to begin for the Austin Gamblers uh, as they begin yet another season. And welcome back to the show. Thank you, Ed. And as you know, long-time listener and not a first-time caller to your show. Uh, It's been a lot of fun to to get to spend time with you over the last 20, 25 years in the Austin area, promoting everything from the Round Rock Express and all the other things going on out there to to our new endeavor with bull riding and the Austin Gamblers. Uh, And as you mentioned, really excited about our new docuseries, actually on Prime Video, not Netflix, but on Prime Video. But it's it's a similar platform. But, uh, yeah, so it was released a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it covers the inaugural season of the PBR team series uh, from 2022. And they followed three teams, and one of those was the Austin Gamblers and, and featured uh, three of our riders. And it's just I think it's a great way for fans to, to not only get an idea of, of what the PBR team series is, but really get a look behind the lens and, and a chance to see who these Cowboys really are. It's, it's, you know, you and I remember when Hard Knocks started and kind of what that did for reality sports TV and, and I think in today's age, with drive to survive did for F1. And so we just hope that, that the ride, again, that's on Prime Video, does the same for, for PBR and professional bull riding uh, and exposes our sport to as many people as possible and, and really hopefully makes everybody in Austin proud to have their own professional bull riding team. J.J., uh, the first year of PBR was very successful. Uh, your team almost won it all. After the first year, what have you and the other leaders, owners, general managers, will you be tweaking anything going into this year, uh, going into the second year with the Austin Gamblers and the whole uh, the whole venture? Yeah, and that's one of the interesting things, Ed, because, as you know, I've, I've been very lucky and had the opportunity to start a couple different franchises with the Round Rock Express and the Corpus Christi Hooks. But those were both within the Texas League that have been around since the 1800s. So, you know, last year, not only did we get to start the Gamblers from scratch and start that brand and start that franchise, but we were starting a league at the same time. And so there's a lot of, you know, ideas and things that you think are going to work, and, and, and ultimately a lot of them did. But there's some things that definitely needed to be changes and, and some things that needed to be tweaked. Um, there's a couple different things that are going to happen this year from a competition standpoint uh, in, in terms of how tiebreakers are going to be determined after after the, um, the four nights or the four games of bull riding each night. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of a different uh, way in which the the, the, the the scores are and the rides are judged. There's going to be an additional judge. There's going to be an additional judge in the truck that's going to be doing all the replays. So, again, much like Major League Baseball, you know, making some tweaks to the game if it was making the bags a little bit bigger, the pitch clock, whatever it may be, to just to try to want to just increase it and make it better for the fans. Uh, those are a lot of the things, some small, some big, some fans may notice, some fans may not. But, but yeah, there's with a, with a league that's only one year old, there's definitely some tweaks and changes that will be made, and probably at least for the next couple of years too. What about the roster? Because I know it was interesting. You had like an NFL, NBA draft, baseball draft last year. Uh, are the rosters set, or what moves will be made with the rosters for the Austin Gamblers? 
Yes, yeah, so each team, there's eight teams in the PBR team series in eight different markets. So each team has got a roster of up to 12 riders. And typically each week uh, when we travel from city to city, each team usually takes around seven to eight riders, of which only five participate or ride each night. But the reason you bring seven or eight is because more than likely uh, you're going to get a guy or two hurt each night. Um, sometimes, you know, little things, and, and they'll be back in an hour or two, sometimes big things. But, again, so typically you got five guys competing each night. We've got seven or eight that we travel with. And then in the off season, when the season was over, we were allowed to protect or keep seven total riders. And then we had a draft again in May of this year where we were able to pick up a few more riders, and then free agency began uh, immediately right after that. As we sit here today, we're about 23 days away from the start of the season, actually 20 days with it being Saturday right now, 20 days away from the start of the season. We start in Cheyenne July 24th and 25th. We Our roster, we have 10. Uh, we're currently negotiating with one other guy. And then uh, I would imagine sometime between now and, and uh, Cheyenne, we'll, uh, we'll pick up our 12th guy. We we're talking to a couple different folks and just trying to, figure out which is the best piece of the puzzle to fit in there. J.J. got with us from the Austin Gamblers. J.J., you and the team went to Brazil a few weeks ago. Why did you go to Brazil? And there's a huge Brazilian impact for the Austin Gamblers. Explain that to our listeners. No, and, and I know that you're a big baseball guy, too, Ed, and I know a lot of your listeners are, too. So, you know, just like in Major League Baseball, almost every Major League team has got some sort of an academy or facility in the Dominican Republic just because of the number of great players that are coming from that island. Uh, it's the same with bull riding in Brazil. Half of the best bull riders in the world um, come from Brazil. When you look at the top 20, 10 of the top 20 are from Brazil, five of the top 10. Um, you know, the only two three-time world champions are from Brazil. Uh, Jose Vitor Leme, who's our team captain, um, he's from Brazil. Last year's world finals winner from Brazil. So when there's that many great riders, we just felt like that we needed to have some type of, of a presence there. We actually hired uh, Adriana Morias, who was the very first PBR world champion ever, one of the two three-time world champions. He's running the operations for us in Brazil. So we went down there, and he set up a trip for us where uh, we worked out and had training camp at his ranch for a couple of days and then actually competed as a team at a PBR Brazil event. Uh, so, one, it was just great from a recruiting standpoint, uh, from extending our brand internationally into a great bull riding market and area, um, and then from a team bonding and team culture aspect, it was a great opportunity for our American riders to go down there, see what their Brazilian teammates, where they come from, what they're all about, and I think our Brazilian riders were really proud for us to come down there and, again, experience their culture and their way of life, and so it was, it was a lot of different reasons. It was a lot of fun. I actually got to take my wife and my daughter and uh, it was a great experience for them as well. Why is Jose so good and the other Brazilian uh, riders? Why, what makes those Brazilian guys so good uh, with, uh, with this competition? You know, it's interesting, Ed. I think that's the million-dollar question. And it's funny because when you look at Brazil and some of the sports that they're just absolutely elite at, it's PBR, it's UFC, it's soccer. You know, for a lot of these guys, I think some of it has to do with size. You know, when you look at most of this, the really successful bull riders, you tend to have to be a shorter guy, 5'5 five, five to 5'8. Five, um, you don't want to have, you don't want to weigh a lot. Typically, the really good guys are probably 145 to 160. Um, so I think from a physical standpoint, a lot of those guys check the box. 
and I think it's just the desire and it's it's the situations of where they come from um, and for them to, to be able to make money and provide for their families uh, bull riding is that outlet and so for them the only way they're going to make money is to stay on bulls and so I think it's just the fire within them to, to see this as an outlet to be able to make money and provide is, is another reason um, you know I think a lot of it is also um, just the ability to be able to go out and ride um, you know when you look at bull riders in America, there's not a lot of great bull riders coming from East Austin or Westlake, right? Um, huh. It's it's access. You've got to be you've got to be somewhere where there's a ranch. You've got to be somewhere where somebody has bulls, somebody has shoots, somebody has bullfighters that can come in and protect you. And so you know a lot of that is is access and, and availability. And I think much like when you think about southwest the southwestern United States and Texas where there are a lot of opportunities for kids that grow up in those rural environments. It's the same for Brazil. So, but it's a, it's a great area. It's a great bull riding community. And it was a great trip for us. When will the Austin gamblers be in Austin? Talk about the Moody center. When can uh, our listeners get involved and watch this great sport? Well, we're excited. Like he's talking about Ed, you know, first and foremost, you can watch right now, prime video, the ride, the eight part docuseries. And then starting in July, we have a 10-weekend regular season uh, that starts in in, um, Cheyenne at Frontier Days. And then our home event, Gambler Days at the Moody Center, is the fifth event of the season. It's August 25th through the 27th at Moody Center. Uh, It's a three-day event, Friday evening, Saturday evening, and then Sunday. Um, We'll have a, a festival going on outside of the Moody Center with music and food and all kinds of entertainment. Um, really kind of hoping the college kids will come out on Friday, uh, really focusing on kids for Sunday. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be the fifth event of the year. And then fans before that and after that, if you're not there in person, are going to be able to watch us. Um, we're streamed all the time on Pluto TV on Ride Pass and then also on CBS Sports Network and then on Big CBS every Sunday. That is fantastic. JJ, thank you for the visit. Much success. I look forward to being – I'm going to be there the 25th, 26th, and 27th because I am hooked, baby. You know, I'm from Texas. I never was a a rodeo participant. I used to go to rodeos, but this is exciting. And uh, once you see this this series, you're going to be hooked. But thanks for the visit. Much success. And we'll talk to you before the uh, August 25th through 27th Gambler Days. I know it's going to be fun. Thank you for being with us on the End Zone Club here on KOBJ. Thanks, Ed. I always appreciate our visits. Welcome back to the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. Ed Clements and Ben Clements, our show, proudly brought to you by Covert and Bastrop. Rocks and the guys close today but open tomorrow. Howie Breen and Herman, attorneys at law. SNB Amusements, again, our friend Steve at SNB Amusements, Austin's number one source for game sales and repairs since 1989. Pinball, jute boxes, arcade, video, they have it all. SNB Amusements, 512. 512- 833-6560. Give Steve a call. He's working on uh, an old pinball machine we had in our family. He's fixing it back up, and he's making it all right. But, again, if you've got a pinball machine, a jute box, needs repair, arcade videos, and also he also sells uh, used and some really, really special things. That's S&B Amusements, 512-833-6560. Also brought to you by Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road and by Pokey Joe's Barbecue, a great source for 4th of July week, barbecue for family and friends. Ben, the NFL, uh, right around the corner, we see a lot of uh, action 
uh, with the off-season workouts, a lot of things. Aaron Rodgers back news was at a mm-hmm. psychedelic conference in mm-hmm. Denver. Yep. Uh, what a nut he is, a true nut. Uh, but he's a damn fine quarterback. It's going to be fun to see what he does for the New York Jets. Yeah, Pop, but we can discuss some early odds to win the Super Bowl. Um, just off the back, sport, uh, Seizures Palace, the sports book at Seizures, has the Chiefs as the uh, leader in the, in the leader in the house with a plus 650 to win the Super Bowl, followed by the Eagles plus 700 and the Bills plus 800. No team has gone back-to-back world championships since 2004, and 2005, the Patriots. Remember last year, the Chiefs were plus 1,000. They weren't even the favorite to win the Super Bowl. They'd lost Tyreek Hill. They, they had lo- questions at running back. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, early onset, you know, we always, we're Bills guys. We got we got tied to the Bills with Mitch Morris, a uh, frequent guest on the show. And I always want to say the Bills are my favorite to win the Super Bowl. But like we were discussing earlier where Steve Sarkeesian has to prove it to us, Quinn Ewers has to prove it to us. At this point, Josh Allen has got to prove to people that he can get past the 5,000-pound gorilla that is the Chiefs. That has been their crux every single season because they have been playing so well what seems like the past four years, but they can get past the Chiefs. What can happen there? Well, last year they couldn't get by JoJo Burrow and the the Cincinnati Bengals. That's what got them last year. It's so. It, to me, it's it's really sad to think about the Bills, and I'd say it's sad because they're it's professional football. But thirteen seconds two years ago mm-hmm. in Kansas City, they had that game won until yep. uh, just all heck broke loose. I hope the Bills are going to compete again. That division, the AFC East, is so good now with yep. the Bills, the Jets. The Dolphins and the Patriots. Patriots mm-hmm. are going to be in last place. Yep. It is so competitive mm-hmm. in the AFC when you look at all those quarterbacks. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, who's a who's a Hall of Famer, may be the sixth or seventh best quarterback in that division. Yeah, the NFL is in a very good place with quarterback play. The Eagles are plus 700. The Bengals are fourth best odds, 900. And then the fifth is the San Francisco 49ers with a second-year Brock Purdy. They have loads of talent. Christian McCaffrey uh, will be in his second year with the 49ers. That is That could, I don't know if I want to say it's a dark horse, but I really like the 49ers next year. The way they played, Brock Purdy, he stepped in the NFL after being at Iowa State, and it seemed like he was a, a 10-year vet. He was a smart player, had a great arm. He's not the biggest guy on the field, but he is a very, very good and talented quarterback. I really like the 49ers next I, year. I do, too. They're not a dark horse because Purdy had such a good year, but they don't have to do have Purdy do the unusual things. You saw when Purdy went down against the Eagles in their playoff game, it was disastrous because they didn't mm-hmm. have anybody backing him up. Now they've got some options with Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. See, I don't think there's – they're the, coming out of the 49ers camp, there's a quarterback battle going for the starting position. I cry BS on I that. I do, too. We I all think know it's gonna who's going to be starting week one. It'll be Purdy. What about the Dallas Cowboys? Because yep. uh, the Cowboys, it seems the defense is going to be one of the best – in the NFC, yep. Hope Springs Eternal with Tony Pollard and Dak and C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, da 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 da. What Michael about the Gallup. Cowboys? Well, Michael Gallup. Hopefully, Michael Gallup will have a a full season of, of of great health. They are the sixth best odds behind the 49ers. So it jumps. So we had the first five are all three digit numbers. We got 49ers at the fifth best odds at plus 900. 
Then we jumped to the Cowboys' six best odds at plus 1,600. Wow. Big, big drop off there. Can I, I don't know. I, I, it's another you got to prove it because the Cowboys have had – they've had the, the personnel in the past. They've had the personnel when Zeke was in his prime with the Cowboys. They had a ferociously good team when Amari Cooper was wearing the blue and, and, and silver. Mike McCarthy will be pulling the plays this season. Which is which is scary which is to a, me. Which is a very it's scary to me as your head coach calling your plays. Yeah, that's troubling. You never want to see your head coach calling the plays. A head coach is supposed to be. He's almost supposed to be like a general manager. He is. He yeah. puts the guys in yeah. place, coaches and players, to make the correct decisions. But when you have your head coach, who's spending all his time preparing for a game, play wise, and doing that, I just don't know. And Dak Prescott, can he remain healthy? Will C.D. Lamb be able to up his game and be one of the best receivers in the NFL? How will Tony Pollard do as the premier back this season? Will Dak Prescott have some help with Michael Gallup, who really struggled last year with injuries? Defense, I'm not so worried about. Michael Micah Parsons is one of the best defenders is, in the NFL. Yeah. He's young. Um, the Cowboys added a lot of great defensive backs. They have a lot of uh, a lot of tenure now there. You know, it's every it, it, year we say the same thing. It's just the sad old song. Can the Cowboys live up to potential? They got to get past Philadelphia. They got to get past San Francisco. The eighty-year-old Jerry Jones wants it desperately. We got about a minute left in the show. Your dark horse pick. I've got my dark horse pick. I'll give you a team to to win it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Lamar Jackson reinvigorated. Yeah. He's got some wide receivers now. I love their defense. They've got Justin Tucker. Baltimore is a dark horse pick for me. So I don't know about dark horse because I want to say the 49ers are a dark horse, but they're really not. They're not a dark horse. But Detroit? I, no. Hell no, I'm not picking Detroit. And I'm, <laughs> I want to say the Jets could make a splash because they do have the Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, and they have some great receivers. Defensive-wise, though, I, I, that's a question mark for me. I'm not going to say the Cowboys. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not doing a dark horse. The 49ers okay. are going to be my pick this season. And we got we got several weeks to talk about this. Yeah. Hey, it's been fun. Uh, thanks to J.J. Gotch for being on. Thank you, Matt and Patrick back at the studio. Thanks to Covert Bastrop, Howie Breenan Herman, S&B Amusement, Sue Patrick, and Pokey Joe's Barbecue. We'll say goodbye. We'll see you next week on the End Zone Club here on KLBJ Radio. For Ben Clements, I'm Ed Clements. We'll see you next week here on News Radio 590 KLBJ. Have a great 4th of July weekend, everybody. We'll see you next Saturday on Sports Saturday on KLBJ.